Who Kill, the second album from Meryl Garbus as Tune Yards, begins with a brief recording of her grandmother introducing her as a performer when she was a toddler. A moment for a child in which all attention is on them, and the ways of the world, revolving though they may be around her tiny head, are as other as other can be. But the sample is swiftly cut off by a propulsive beat, and we're off. Sleep tight, kiddo. The adults are going to talk now. Those drums aren't coming from a traditional drum set, but from Garbus's makeshift high-low two-drum setup. Bass and snare, a boom of the heel of the hand against the snap of a pencil on a lunchroom table. Find a video of Garbus performing as tune yards and you'll more than likely see her standing behind two microphones, one to catch sounds for looping, flanked on her right and left by floor tom and snare, playing the two drums with arms wide open, as opposed to the cross-armed compactness of a sitting set player. There's something about that image, high and low, playing against each other, rarely hitting at the same time and kept at arm's length, but connected by a central puppet master, and, aggregated, producing a complete and stirring image that seems, to me at least, apt for tune yards. A muted metaphor. The beat in this lead-off track, a wry indictment of America entitled My Country, is soon joined by two of Garbus's voices sung in Hockett, a further illustration of voices worlds apart drawn together. Hockett is a musical practice of orchestrating a single melody between two or more voices. In this case, Garbus 1 sings only upbeats, and Garbus 2 only down. The effect is magical and seductive from the outside, but speaking as someone who's attempted this type of singing in the past, it's quite difficult to appreciate the aggregate beauty when you're in it. Sometimes the only way to stay on track is to ignore the other voices altogether. My country tears at the seams of the American dream with lines like, Your love drags me down into the underground, my country bleeding me, I will not stay in your arms. It brings to mind for me David Byrne's 1997 stab at dressing down America through anthropomorphizing her, his song Miss America, in which the narrating character, infatuated with this country-come-supermodel in the manner of a teenage fan, professes his love but notes that she has wicked ways and secrets to be kept, like, for instance, how tall she is without her platform shoes. In Garbus's My Country, she too latches onto this idea that America has dark secrets she is repressing. But she takes it a step further, screaming, With my eyes open, how can I be happy? And whispering, The worst thing about living a lie is just wondering when they'll find out. Throughout Who Kill, Garbus addresses serious social issues, but always with a nod of acknowledgement to the complexities of being a white Connecticutian who moved to Oakland via Montreal and who incorporates a good deal of African musical elements into her music, singing about gentrification and cultural appropriation. I'm more comfortable with questions than with answers, she says. Which is why, in the song Gangsta, it's what's a boy to do, rather than look at this dude who thinks he's a gangster. It's not even a judgment. Who am I to assess the situation and know what it's like to walk in those shoes? One of the most overtly political songs is Doorstep. She sings, sing-songy, almost disturbingly happy-go-luckily, given the subject matter, don't tell me the cops are right in a wrong like this, cause policeman shot my baby as he crossed over my doorstep. 
The song was directly inspired by the case of Oscar Grant, a young, unarmed African-American man shot and killed by a police officer on an Oakland BART platform on New Year's Day 2009. I saw what was happening in the community and tried to grasp it from some kind of personal perspective, Garbus recalls. I found the distance between the human experience of that event and the way it was processed by the system horrifying. There is a similar disconnect in the way she sets such a set of lyrics to a bouncy, doo-woppy groove in a major key. But the truth, as ever, will out. The pleasant melody is modeled with intentionally out-of-key notes. Toward the end of the song, the tick-ticking of her sticks on rims signals the marking of time as she sings, How many gone before you listen to the cries? Not how long, but how many gone, time marked with bodies. Those ticks bleed into the off-camera sounds of a ticking clock proper at the start of You, Yes, You, which changes tact, if sarcastically, by reframing the question to begin with the optimistic, now that everything's gonna be okay, now that everything's gonna be alright. After laying all this serious business on the listener, there is, in the penultimate song, Wally Wally Gong, a feint toward pleasantly lulling us to sleep reassuring us, like a parent does to a child, that the coming morning will fix and undo wrongs, that all will be well. For your sleep is guard against the cold and hard, a soft shroud of safety in a world gone wrong, she sings. Like many lullabies, however, listen close and you'll notice the violent underbelly. Rockabye baby in the treetop, for the moment anyway. Boughs break and babies fall. The final words of Wally Wally Gong pose the question, when you fall, what happens when you're landing? There's an often quoted retort by Prince Richard and Anthony Harvey's 1968 film version of The Lion in Winter in response to Prince Jeffrey's claim that it doesn't matter the way one falls down. Richard, who is determined to provide no satisfaction to the approaching king and certainly will not beg, says, when the fall is all there is, it matters. It seems inevitable that we fall, and it's nigh impossible to imagine a return to any sort of prelapsarian bliss, if there even exists such a time before the fall. So the best we can do, perhaps, is pay attention and do what we can while we're landing. It matters, after all. I'm Josh Rutner, and that's your Album of the Week. Yeah!